What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode number 34 of Take This. We are live on YouTube once again, Tuesday night. Thank you for joining us on a little bit of an off day. Well, not really, off schedule. Off schedule. We are off schedule. Um, Griff, how... Griff, how are you? I'm good, man. How uh, how was your holiday, your Christmas over the weekend, and all that? So good. Um, so I'm at I'm at Christmas, right? And it's a good time, like great time. Spent it with my uh, grandpa, my aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever. Um, so my grandpa, like, so my grandma, just a little bit of a TMI, whatever, personal stuff. My grandma passed away. I want to say like three or four years ago, right? And it's like, you know, kind of scared, like for my grandpa's like health, you know, trying to make sure he's all right, whatever. Um, so, so fun fact, he started dating this woman like about, about maybe like a month or two ago. Um, you know, so I mean, not on like unhealthy moving on, whatever. Anyway, so this new woman he's seeing is apparently like the aunt or related to Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know if it's like by marriage or like whatever, but he's showing me these pictures he's got on his cell phone of like the that two that standing together. Brother or so that means her brother or brother-in-law is you know his dad who also plays at Michigan, uh, played at Michigan in, uh, in his college days. Absolutely um, wild. Kind of crazy. It's like it's so weird that <laughs> what a small world. And well, and, of and course, like, you, hate, you hate you hate the guy. So it's like, <laughs> well, it's not like I hate him. Like he's a, he's good. Like he's he's you know what I mean. Like and my grandpa had nice things to say about him. Could be a future lion. If well, the lions are at number two. Well, exactly. And you know the interesting thing to me um, was again just how small of a world it is. But but one thing that's interesting, um, and it brings me back. It kind of like reminds me of when. Um, What's his name? Uh, when we had Nate Brown on to talk about the Red Wings and uh, that uh, one episode um, that we did with him um, where he was talking about Peyton Thorne and how Peyton Thorne, like, you know, he knew his dad or something or uncle or whatever it was. And uh, like when he was, you know, I don't know, 20 years, he's like 40 now, right? Or something like that. When he was like 20 years younger, like Peyton Thorne was like six or something like that. And, um, and Peyton Thorne was running around the grass on like some Illinois football field, and like he was, you know, talking with his dad or whoever he was with, and it was just kind of a crazy story. I was like, "Holy shit," you know. Um, yep. But it was uh, it was a good time. Um, Christmas was good. How was your yep. Christmas, Griff? Good. I mean, got some cool stuff. Got this uh, this Red Wings hoodie, which is pretty neat. I got a uh, my dad because you know I'm in my fan my main fantasy league. The one I got to the playoffs in and got bounced in the first round. Um, me and my mom both made the finals. My mom went to the championship and unfortunately lost in the championship. But uh, my dad got for Christmas for me and my mom. He got us uh, jerseys. My mom had Jonathan Taylor and I had Justin Herbert. Who You, you actually kind of see the, the jersey in my background a little bit here. But... Um, he got us their jerseys because they like Jonathan Taylor was her rock star, right? Her MVP. And Herbert was probably mine because he played every because like I had such a, a rotating lineup at times between like it would have been Kamara, but Kamara was out for like four weeks and like Swift would have been mine. But then Swift was out for, you know, the last four weeks of the season. And none of my receivers were really like an MVP. And George Kittle was great. But again, he was out for like four weeks at one point. So like. 
Herbert was like the only dude on my team who was there every single week this year. And aside from like maybe one, two games, he just was like, you knew he was good for 20 plus points. And sometimes he'd get you 30 or 40 if he got lucky. Right. Um, so I have a Herbert Jersey, which is pretty cool. Cause I actually do really like the chargers and Justin Herbert. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. As kind of like an aside, I've always liked, uh, the chargers. I think they have one of the best, like jerseys and color schemes and Jersey combinations in all of the NFL. It's just a shame. They're playing somewhere where no one cares about them in LA. Um, but yeah, I think that team's great. So I'm pretty stoked. I have a Herbert Jersey. You know, you'll probably see me wearing it in an episode, uh, coming up in the new year. So no, it's yeah. a good holiday. I gave up on my fantasy league. So uh, that's where I'm at. And I never give up. Well, I'm you, not I mean, when up. you're back, when you're out of the playoffs, it doesn't matter. There's no I mean, point. Our league doesn't do a our league doesn't do a consolation bracket for third place, although we might next year. But yeah, as soon as I was out, it's kind of nice. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Like as much as it, you know, I've made money this year. Like I, t- I still profited because I made the playoffs and I was one of the league's highest scorers. And, you know, we have a bunch of different ways that you can earn some cash throughout the season. Um, I think I profited, you know, I'm like I ate, made like, like 50 bucks um overall uh so you know i was pretty happy with that but i mean obviously it would have been nice to win you know i think the winner's pot is closer to like if with what being a high scorer and winning it it's closer to like 500 which would have been nice to have but um you know i'm not like super super duper sad about it it's uh it is just kind of nice to just kind of watch the games now and just watch them, just sit back and enjoy them and, you know, whatever, you know? So <clears throat> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, some people's championships are this weekend. I know, but, uh, I, mean, I, you know, like I said, part of me is like when you're done, it's the relief of just being done is kind of nice. So, um, yeah. Uh, so Brad, you know, this is, you know, that kind of the weird, the weirdest week of the year in terms of just like, no one it's the probably the least one of the least productive weeks of the year between this week and last week you know the week before christmas and and the week after because i think you know everyone's kind of checked out and is coasting until the new year um so but i figured you know with the year coming to an end this is our first year doing the podcast obviously you know we started in the summer so i only did you know half a year's worth of shows um, obviously with some bonus episodes here and there, uh, I figured, you know, we, we do a, a year in review and look back at all of our spiciest takes and most interesting, uh, you know, comments we've made on the show, as well as some of our biggest misses. Cause, you know, I think as, uh, you know, media broadcasters slash journalists, if you want to call us that you're actually a journalist because you'd like cover barely I'm not really saying I'm, <laughs> I'm a journalist but even still i think it's important to acknowledge when you're wrong because yeah. you know, we all like to point out when we're right but you got to mm-hmm. point out when you're wrong too and uh we were definitely wrong on some things this year um but so i was right but i was right i was right i was always right i'm just kidding indeed brad and yeah. you never missed uh, no. i will say though you were you made some ballsy calls this year and you were right about them People that is my motto to this man. go big or go so home. we'll we'll start out with our very first episode when this show was still called show off 
Mm, um, that was fun. We did uh, our first episode. We talked about baseball and its contract uh, salary issue. We talked about the other issues with the game, you know, universal DH, wild cards, um, instant replay, robot umpires, things like that. But the, we really spent a good 15 minutes talking about baseball salaries and contracts and the issues with them, how, you know, the CBA is laid out and how it was probably going to lead to a, a lockout. Um, that was our first episode. Big hit there because, uh, well, lo and behold, uh, baseball is currently locked out. And, um, you know, un- unless it gets resolved between now and, you know, the end of uh, March or when April, whenever they start the season, um, there will not be uh, baseball, at least at the start of the season next year. So um, pretty good uh, prediction early on in terms of, uh, you know, us talking. Because we, you know, I think, and I don't think, I think a lot of people probably saw that coming. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it honestly, was, and, and you people. Know, that was still, that was in, go ahead. But no, the people, it's, it's hilarious because people still think the season's going to start. Like, people still think that there's going to be a season next year, and I'm like, doubtful you know like if the if the mlb season was a player on the injured reserve it would be doubtful and it is not and it would be a a 365 day injury not um not looking great so yeah i mean sorry to be that bleak about it but that's honestly the best thing that tigers can hope for i i I, I kind of agree um i i i want to think you know the owners would get their heads out of their asses and, you know, the players as well. Um, yeah, I, I do think the owners, although to be fair, than the players, but. to be fair, I don't know the, the issue because of only because of COVID. I don't know if that will impact like either the owners or the player side, hopefully the owners. Cause I don't think that the, the players are going to back down in that. I think like, cause this contract like system has, and, and the, and the, horrible whatever the just the, the the it has existed since for the la- last like decade and i think the players are tired yeah. of it and i think that um i don't know i don't want them to back down someone needs to uh you know get put their foot down and hopefully they don't yeah and we'll we'll see but um right yeah i think i think though we're we're in a we're in a good spot uh like Baseball, like I want, I want it to be in a good spot, and I feel like cooler heads have to prevail because, like, they just had a shortened season because of COVID. Got a full season right. this year. I just feel like they can't do another shortened season because of a self-inflicted wound. Right. I want to stay positive, but you're right. I mean, with the issues of these, you know, two sides butting heads, I- I'm worried that they won't come to a resolution and fix the issue. So. We'll have to to wait and see, but I just thought you know, hey, we were we were right out of the gate. Yep, uh, indeed, that the MLB went into a lockout. So, all right, um, the NFL predictions. So earlier in uh, earlier in the year, uh, let me see what episode it was. I believe it was it was like episode. It was pretty early. It was like episode. Yeah, here it is. Episode seven. Wow, I can't believe it was that long ago. That's crazy. We're on episode 34. Episode seven. Yeah. 
um, um, we did a we did a big recap um, or preview slash prediction show where I kind of took us through each of the divisions, broke down each team, and talked about uh, you know where they'd be at, what would be happening, and I would say I was about sixty percent, maybe I was definitely fifty in terms of what I was correct in. Um, so first of all, the 17 game season, I think I was absolutely correct in that that is going to make the season even harder. We have seen an unprecedented amount of injuries. And then on top of that, with the COVID issues, I, I think maybe it'll be fine next year or whenever this COVID situation gets under control, which who knows when that'll be. Um, but I do think we kind of had said in that episode, 17 games, we were going to see more injuries and more backups playing as starters. And that's absolutely uh, been the case, uh, even without COVID. I mean, a lot of players have gone to IR. Half of the Lions are on IR, it feels like. So um, now let's get into the actual, you know, meat and potatoes of, of this. Meat and potatoes. What we predicted. So I'm just going to kind of go through each division real quick and talk about it. AFC East, um, I was I was about 50% right. I had the Bills at 12 and 5 and, you know, the Dolphin and the, you know, Jets at the bottom end said congrats on a top five pick. They're indeed going to get that. Um, the My biggest miss was on the Patriots, 100%. I said... My note here was, man, let's see how Mac Jones develops and said they would go eight and nine. Um, they are currently, what, uh, nine and eight or nine and seven right now, um, I believe. Let me just double check. Uh, yeah, the nine and six, sorry. And they're tied with the Bills. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Bills should still win this division, but I was definitely wrong about the Patriots. They're going to make a wild card spot. Uh, and they're going to be in the playoffs. So um, congrats to them. The AFC North. Um, yeah, I was pretty wrong about basically the entire AFC North. Um, I thought the Browns would win it. I thought the Ravens would be a wild card team. I thought the only thing I was right about is I said Steelers 9-8 and eight with mediocrity at its finest. They're going to be like 8-8 eight and eight and 1 or not 8 and not 8 and uh, or 7 and 9 and 1 or something like that. Uh, so I was pretty close on them. I was also very off on the Bengals. I said they were going to be six and eleven, and they are the current division leaders in the North. So, congrats to them. Um, I'm pretty. Pr- I was. I think the AFC South. I was like, I was so spot on about the AFC South, except for one team, and that was the Jaguars. I said the Titans will probably win this division by a game. Uh, I did say on the back of Henry, which was the case up until he got hurt. And even still, they're still doing well. And they have two fairly winnable games to finish. I said they'd go 12 and 5. They're 10 and 5. So they very well could land right on that number. But I also said the Colts would go 11 and 6 and be one game behind them. And currently in the standings, they're one game behind the Titans. Um, and I said that they would be better than everyone expected. And I thought it would be more so due to Carson Wentz. But it ended up being because of Jonathan Taylor being, you know, an insane man who doesn't who eats touchdowns for breakfast. 
And then the Texans, I said, were going to be 1-16. They've actually won uh, three games, which is crazy, but they are still really bad. Um, <clears throat> and the biggest miss, though, was easily the Jaguars. I said they would be 7-10. and 10. Yikes. You yeah, imagine. well, I mean, yeah, we always overestimate I, Urban uh, Meyer, well, don't we? Well, I think... I didn't have confidence in Meyer. I didn't think he'd be that bad to fizzle out in year one. And I also thought Lawrence would be better. And I got to tell you, man, he looks mortal. He does not look like he did in his freshman year uh, at at Clemson. He looks mortal. And that's not to say I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm just saying there's some reason for a little bit of concern, I think. Just a little, not a lot. He's He's an amazing talent, and he has... You know, he has the talent to do it. He just, he needs some good development, especially this offseason. He needs to get right and hopefully recover from the Urban Meyer uh, incident. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and we, all, we all have seen the New York Jets and how a, a team uh, being terrible at uh, building around your QB um, can ruin a QB. So... Um, well, not really ruin him, but you know, you know what I mean. We've all seen the New York Jets, yeah. and we, you know, we pray for them. So, yeah, I do think, um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think you know, whereas like Wilson is like, you know, came out of BYU. Lawrence won a national title. You know, I right. think they'll give Lawrence. He's got more leeway and slack. I think so. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, last AFC division, I had the Chiefs. You know the Chiefs. I said we're going to be fourteen and three. They they stumbled out of the gate a little bit, but they're they're going to win their division. Um, Chargers. I said were wild card contenders, and that Herbert would bloom. That did happen. Unfortunately, the Chargers somehow just lost to the Texans. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Uh, they can still make a wild card, but it's going to be pretty tough. Um, they just man, the Chargers are. They they choke a lot of games and it's really sad to see because I love the Chargers but man uh, if they don't make the playoffs I would say this year is a disappointment because they had everything they needed to make it to the playoffs and potentially win a playoff game so um and then Raiders I said boomer bust season I lean towards bust obviously with the Gruden situation. They've still done an okay job, but you know they're they're right at that. You know what are they seven and are they eight and eight? I think. Um, let me double check. So eight and seven. You know they're one. They're tied with the Chargers, but they just. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I guess they can still sneak into the wild card as well. I just don't think they do because they're the Raiders and they. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, that's that's a new one. That was no, that was the you know the the Raiders. I was trying to that was for comedic effect, Griff. That was to make you funnier. I appreciate it. You're so welcome, Broncos. We all know that this is a comedy <laughs> podcast. Indeed, I'm hilarious. Right, uh, exactly. and then the Broncos, while being better than I ex- slightly better than I expected, I said that they're going to be last in this division. Uh, you got Teddy Bridgewater, which nothing against the man. I love me some Teddy two gloves, some Teddy touchdown, but uh, he just he's not enough. And it's a shame because like they have really good pieces on that team. They have a good, great defense. They're one of the top rated defenses and they have good offensive 
pieces. They just don't have that quarterback to bring it all together. Um, but when Aaron Rodgers goes there this offseason, they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. So, <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, NFC East, uh, pretty spot on here. Well, n- was right about the Cowboys. They're literally, they are what we thought they were. Uh, I said they'd be 10 and 7. They'll be a little bit better than that. Uh, but I, like, it's weird because they are the two seed, but man, they don't feel like the two seed, do they? Like, I know they got 11 wins, but they also have, you get to face the Giants and the and, and the football team twice a year, you know? And even the Eagles, um, even the Eagles, uh, like, while they've been better than people have expected, I still don't think are like that good. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I was pretty spot on with a lot of them. I probably gave a little too much credit to the Giants, uh, and I was wrong about Jalen Hurts at least this season. I said he would not be very good, but they're they're eight and seven. I predicted him to go four and thirteen, so uh, good on them. NFC North, uh, I was spot on, like I like literally like almost to, to a T. Packers, I said, would be 14 and 3. They're 12 and 3. And they have the Lions to go against. And I don't know who they're going against this week. Oh, I think it's the Bears. Is it the Bears this week? No, it's the it's the Vikings, I believe. One second. So I want I want yeah, they... to I want to read you a stat real quick, Griff. All right. Go ahead. Read now, this is amazing, okay? Now, um, so I'm gonna give you a stat, and I want you to guess which qb it is all right i want you to guess and you're gonna you're gonna do your uh your best all right this qb is 56 and 56 in his career like win loss as starter So he's he's fifty six and fifty six as a starter. Fifty six and fifty six as a starter. That's a hundred and twelve games, which comes out to what, like seven seasons worth of starts. Uh, just about. Um, Not without. They didn't start every. They started every game since twenty fourteen. I mean twenty fifteen. That's literally seven seasons. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 112. Um good quick maths by me. This that's it. <laughs> was you, drafted in 2012. Uh, is it Kirk Cousins? It is Kirk Cousins, yep. It is. Sounds right. The the definition the, of the, mediocrity. The, that, the, that, <laughs> that is what I wrote. That is what I wrote for the Vikings. I said the definition of mediocrity may be a wild card contender. And that's basically what they are. They're on, they are in the hunt for a wild card, but they need to like get, they need there. It's like the one through six seed is like decided. And then it's like a bunch of like eight and seven teams and seven and eight teams fighting for that seventh seed. And I think they hold a few tiebreakers, but like they need some things to go their way to make it into the, the playoff. So yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, though. Uh, I know we kind of, I just we kind of bashed him this season. Kirk Cousins has done very well, actually. Like his stat line this year, because I think you and I both agree, QB, uh, 
QB win, Q, win and loss is not a QB stat. And I hate that it's used as a QB stat. Um, because like Herbert, like Justin Herbert's a great example. His, you know, record these two see, even though he's been one of the best passers in the league in the last couple of, in the last two years, you know, he won offensive rookie of the year, um, this year, not an MVP, but definitely like, I would say he's in the top 10 of quarterbacks just this year, based on his numbers and performance, you know, he throws a few too many picks, but like, like I would say a good chunk of their losses aren't really on him. It would be on, you know, some of their play calling and game management have been a lot of the chargers downfall and just not being able to make field goals. Um, um by the way, I just want to point this out. And I, I want to get this out, out real quick um, before I forget. Uh, but yeah. that stat line is 58, 59 and two. I uh, miss misremembered it. Sorry, but okay. that was about so Kirk cousins. Still, but yeah. anyway, go on back to back to your high horse, whatever you're talking about. <laughs> my high horse. <laughs> what do you mean by high horse? I don't know. Uh, Yes. If we look at his 20, you know, he's got, he's a a 67 completion uh, percentage, almost 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Right. I mean, that is efficient. That is efficient quarterbacking. And that's what you want. The issue is the giants or the giants, the Vikings, Mike Zimmer's gone after this year. He's just so conservative with his play calling um, that it's just like, it's so frustrating because they have, I mean, they have Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen, you have Dalvin cook, you have Kirk cousins. Your defense still has some really good pieces. It's kind of crazy. They don't win more. And I feel like with better coaching, they probably would, but they are severely restricted by that. And until, you know, we'll see, I still don't think very much of them, but maybe, you know, with a new coach, they they could do much better uh, next year. We'll see. Bears, uh, I was spot on with them. I said, you're Q- you've got your QB, but your coach is terrible, and the defense is only getting older. I said they'd go 6-11. and 11. They're 5-10 and 10 right now. So uh, they're going to be right at that mark. Um, Lions, all I said was, I'm sorry, my love, but it's a bit rebuilding year. Just... And I did say, get your future QB, but we both know that's not happening in this draft because there's not a quarterback worth a damn. Um, but they are going to get a very good lineman, which, you know, getting an elite edge rusher, I don't think people realize how much, like, an elite edge rusher is to the defense what a quarterback is to the offense because it helps just like a good quarterback helps every layer of your offense, a good edge rusher helps every layer of your defense. And we'll talk about that in a bit because we're going to talk some Lions. Um, then NFC South, I said Buccaneers would be good. I I missed on the Panthers. I thought Sam Darnold would be much better. And I, it was looking good. I was ready to... I was like, I put my dick on the table. I was like, I am the... I'm so... Oh, I'm a genius. I called this. You know, from the beginning, this was my best, you know, early season take. The, you know, the Panthers were going to be at least decent and in, in a wild card position. And it just, you know, they were 3-0 and to start, granted against bad teams, and then it all just fell apart. And Darnold got injured, and, you know, the Cam experiment has been a failure, to say the least. It's just... Oh, I'm so sad. I wanted the Panthers to be good. I wanted Sam Darnold to be to be good, but alas, he did not. 
Um, Saints, I said seven and ten. Uh, very well could be around there. I thought for sure. Uh, although I, I will say they looked a lot. They looked pretty good with Jameis Winston to start the season, and I'm very interested to see what that team does next year when he's back and healthy. Um, because they they have pieces. They have a very good defense. So, um, Saints. You know, you got a shit end of the stick with injuries and stuff. So still uh, still think they're they're better than um, even I thought they were going to be. And I think if they had Jameis, we were, were in a different – this is a different conversation. So – and then uh, Falcons, they're better than I expected. I thought they'd be like a bottom five team, bottom seven. Um, but they're technically in a playoff hunt right now. Um, I just still don't think they're very good. Uh, and I – you know, they're kind of right now and just like wallowing in mediocrity because Matt Ryan is just not very good. Um, I hate to say it. They're just not. So. Um, and finally, the NFC West Rams. Um, pretty spot on. I said they'd be 13 and four. They're 11 and four. Um, they're they control their own destiny to win the division and get a home playoff game. Uh, and after that, and I did say, when we talked in this show, I did say, I'm not going to be too hard on myself for the rest of the NFC West. Cause I said this whole division, I could have flip flopped these rankings any day. Cause I put the card, I had Seahawks at two. That was the biggest miss. They totally collapsed. I thought, you know, Russell Wilson got hurt and you know, even when he's not hurt, he can't do it all himself. He just, it's just, He's good, but no one's that good. Like no one is that good enough to to carry a, a broken team with bad coaching um, to wins. Uh, at least not eleven of them. Forty ers I said it would be ten and seven, uh, and you know potentially make a wild card spot. They are right there. They are. I think they also control their own destiny to make a wild card. And um, yeah, obviously the Cardinals are ten and five. It's funny because I just said, I I literally on the comment said, it's good team, just an insanely tough division. And even then, I still predicted them going eight and nine. So my prediction, like I said, none of these were that far off. It's just, whew, what a tough, tough division. All right, Brad, do you want to know what our predictions were for the Super Bowl? Oh, I would love to know. Uh, I actually don't want to know. That <laughs> sounds scary. Well, you you have to know. I predicted... Chiefs versus Rams with Rams getting home field advantage. Two years in a row, teams getting home field advantage. Right now, that is a totally plausible uh, uh, Super Bowl matchup. Um, It would really depend on can Stafford and co. go into Lambeau and beat uh, the Packers. Although the Packers love losing NFC championship games in Lambeau. It's a yearly tradition. Um, you know who you're not wrong. Actually, I don't remember. Wasn't it Rams and someone else? Buccaneers, probably. No, No. not Buccaneers. No Rams and um, Bills. No, no Patriots. No, there's no Rams. You did no Rams, Buccaneers. Buccaneers. That was your NFC. Okay, my AFC would have been. It had to have been. It wasn't the 
Chiefs, Chargers, Chiefs. She's got to be Chiefs. You picked the Browns. No, no, I did not. No, that is so bad. I love. I love. What is with that optimism? No. (laughs) Why did I do that? They're still in. They're still in like the hunt. Barely. They're last. They're last in their division, and yet they're still like in the hunt because no, the, they they got no chance. Baker Mayfield has got no AFC chance. South is is two games apart. That's I should have known. I so should have like, known though because Baker Brown, Mayfield is on a life cycle, right? So he's right now. So he starts off with being like underappreciated, right? Like underrated, okay. And then he goes on fucking fire, all right? He goes on fire. He, like, runs, like, you know, passes the ball for, like, 810 yards and then goes on some sort of ski trip or whatever. Anyway, th- then he goes and then and then he, he, he falls to the plate and then he, he kind of does his nose dive and then it's like, you know, um, like, it's, it's, it's usually right before he's like, fuck the haters, you know? Like, I knew I was the best and I could do all this shit. And then, and then he, he snowballs in, into this, like, this this abyss right and just terrible literally ass well he's there right now and then the next thing he's gonna do is he's gonna he's gonna be like oh fuck the haters again and it's kind of on this never-ending cycle where he does good and then bad and then good and then bad so this is just his terrible year you know a very inconsistent qb yep. It's yeah. not so it's not that was great. Like, that was the NFL rundown. And then here do you want to hear so our week one overreactions. We had a few I wanted Matthew you know, Stafford to win the Super Bowl. Now, so far, looking pretty good. My I had two <clears throat> overreactions. I said the Bengals are gonna be good. They're leading their division currently. So I would say that is true. Like they're good. They're just a, a little inconsistent, but good. Um but I did say the NFC East will be way better than we thought. And that's kind of true. Like, it depends on what you mean by way better. The Cowboys are very good. Um, the The football team is not as good as I thought they'd be. The Eagles have the surprised football me a lot. Team. The Giants are, well, the Giants are, you know, the Giants. So, right. I don't know. That one wasn't too bad. I thought for week one overreactions, I think they were, I think we're pretty good. I think, uh, you know, not too hot takey, but pretty good. Mine so, was a hot take. I mean, you know, the thing that bothers was, me the most about Matthew hard. Stafford is everyone everyone in Detroit is always like, yeah, we knew he was a good QB. And, like, he just broke this record for, like, 50,000 yards, fastest to do it. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, when you have an arm like Stafford does and you and you have good receivers around you, like, yeah, you're going to – and he's a good QB. It just it just bugs the shit out of me that we don't know. Like I I still don't think that's Hall of Fame worthy. Like I still don't think that Stafford should get in the Hall of Fame just because he's the fastest to 50,000, 40,000 yards. No. Like it's all he, you know what I mean? Like he he's has no win. playoff wins. He has playoff he losses. Can make the Hall of Fame without winning a chip like Dan Marino's in the Hall of right, Fame and right, right, right. So, but he's got to win. He's got to have some some but also at the same time, like I, I don't think that Matthew Stafford is in the same like universe as Dan Marino is, you know, or or like you know what I mean. And like back then, football was also just different. I mean, you had a lot more players that ran the ball, and I don't know, you know, 
but no, it's definitely different. It's just he can control his own destiny. If right, he can win. Right. He just needs to. If he can make a good playoff run this year, get to the NFC Championship at the very least, which I think the they have least, all yeah. of. The, you know, he's gonna have to win two games to get there. He needs a playoff win, and I think, like. Well, because right like it's now, the same way you measure the the like, the Heisman, the, isn't it? Yeah, they might be going against Arizona though, which would be a little unfortunate. But they could they could definitely do it. But it's the same way that you measure it's the about, Heisman is is you measure someone's greatest achievements in the greatest moments of the game, and you know when it has come to that, Matthew Stafford hasn't showed up. I mean, he beat the shit yeah. out of Arizona the the one day, didn't he, or something like that, or was that Arizona that beat him? Well, he got beat by Arizona. It, I guess Rams they're in the same division, so they probably day. played each other twice. And they, they they beat them the second time. Right. And they also beat the Buccaneers, but they had some bad. That's the game. That's the game I've right? been that thinking about is the Buccaneers win. That was a that was probably Matthew Stafford's biggest of the season. That one, I think the Cardinals won because that's true. The Cardinals were hot at the time. Yeah, whereas like people were starting to doubt, like, hey, is Stafford gonna do what he did in Detroit and choke away games in December? And then he right. and then he didn't. He won a big game, and now, again, he has the chance to put himself as to winning a division. I think winning a division would be huge um, for him and his legacy, and and then again, playoff wins. So right, we will see. Um, all right, let's talk about college football predictions. So looking back, I mean, Brad, we were just. I, we're, did, did everyone was just wrong about Clemson? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we so Clemson. Clemson. You know, I just, I just, I don't know what how to feel about Clemson. Like, because I know they'll be good again. Like, we know that obviously. Like, they have the recruiting metrics that. to win. Um, they're allowed to have an off season. You know, and they weren't even that bad. They weren't even that bad. They just weren't Clemson. They just weren't. They weren't even that bad. They won. Still, they still won what, like eight or nine games. Like they were still like a decent team, you know. Like by by any metric, yeah. if 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 Clemson's season this year was absolute garbage, then Michigan's season for the last ten years has been absolute dust or dank, whatever the hell. Yeah. It's and you know what I mean because Clemson did not have a bad season. They didn't win the ACC for the first time in like I think it's been like it four years yeah, since they. Right, well, you know, but they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They had like you know a new QB. I what I think he's a. I could be wrong. He might be a freshman. I'm not sure, but um, but still, you know, they're they're on kind of a. They got you know a good recruiting class coming in next year, and so there's there's things to like about that. You know yep. who we were? You know who we were were, were both what? wrong about? Jim Harbaugh. Who's that? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I and. It, I was wrong about him at the beginning of the year, and I was wrong about him during the year. And t- in my defense, can you blame me? No, I was. I didn't know what to think. I was really on the train, and the, you know those first games. You know they beat Washington. But Washington turned out to be you know awful. garbage. Uh, so I wasn't really impressed by that. And you know they won some of their Big Ten games, but again, none of those were like super insanely impressive opponents i don't think and then they got to michigan state and then they lost and i was again i was like it's the same thing it's just like every year and we're right. gonna lose to ohio state now and blah 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 and so like you i don't think 
So here's here's my thing, real quick. So I don't think you can blame me, but like it's definitely like I'm glad he proved me wrong, and you know, props to him. And I'll admit I'm wrong, and I'm happy to admit I'm wrong. So a few games. I think this was at the time that Michigan was either like four or five and zero. Oh. I couldn't remember, right? And they looked they looked very vulnerable, and it was very alarming that Jim Harbaugh was out here running the ball and running for like. 300 yards when you know that's like he was playing like it was 19 1902 you know out here just like out here running every single time whatever it was um and Cade McNamara did not look great he he kind of looked like deja vu of Shea Patterson and it was a little bit scary for people and 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 that's the thing and Michigan was being hyped up by all this media like all and they still are but all this media, Joel Klatt and people were in love with them, as they usually are. And I mean, at the, it, you know, it was the Minnesota game. I can't remember. The, it was either week one or week two of 2020 when I heard on the on an ESPN broadcast that this is the best Michigan team that Jim Harbaugh has had. Um, they said the same thing in 2019, and I remember this very vividly. But when I when I keep hearing that and I keep hearing it, it's just so hard to give Michigan that edge. And I was so resilient to give them the benefit of the doubt because what have they done before? Now, and, and I remember this too because you actually ended up not, I, I, I ended up believing in Michigan before you did, even though Michigan had lost to Michigan State. You know, my Sparty beat Michigan still. And they ended up losing to Michigan State. They um, they were, but it was in the games that followed that made me sort of believe that Michigan was a better team than Ohio State. And for one, it was because Ohio State had not played a single good team since Oregon. And I mean, we've all seen when 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 teams we think they're too good walk into a game and they end up getting their ass kicked. We saw that happen with Georgia when they lost to Alabama and everyone was hyping up, oh, they got this great like run defense, whatever. Well, it doesn't help that, that no team can run the ball against them because they got like the 95th best running back in the country or whatever like they're playing Vanderbilt and people are like hooray good job whatever like I don't care about that game anyway so so to just to finish my point I thought that Michigan really impressed me between Michigan State and Ohio State like they really started kicking it into gear they started to um they really started to that both Michigan, throw the ball. That Michigan State loss galvanized them because everyone told them they were cooked and they they took an us against the exactly. world approach. And you know, even if it's a little bit manufactured, if it works, it works. They did the thing that I think a lot of um, that Ohio State and Michigan State do so well. You know, they had a I don't you know notice, but they did the. I'm sure they did things like the clock in the locker room that counts down to the Ohio state game, putting up messages of things people said about them playing audio of things. The other coaches have said about them, just different shit that, you know, lights a fire under them. They finally played it like it was them against the world. And it worked out pretty damn well. You know, the one thing, and I, and I don't know how I feel about this thought. I'm kind of, I've still been processing how to feel about it. I'm not really sure. Um, but it's, I feel like it's worth saying. So I'm not, I don't know if I still believe in Jim Harbaugh to be, to be honest. I think that it's enough for him to stay at the program. 
I don't. I because I don't know because like think about how Michigan State performed in the Big Ten this year, and like how they just kind of like I did not think that Michigan State was a ten win team. Okay. And they beat Penn State because Penn State is god-awful. And James Franklin does not know his shoe from his hand. Now, aren't they? But what's that? Michigan's an 11-win team now, aren't they? Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, I did not think that Michigan State was a 10-win team. And Michigan oh, won 11 yeah. games. And I think that it sort of speaks to the difficulty of the Big Ten. I think, in a way, like, I... <sighs> Like, it's hard. I don't know where Michigan is going from here. Like, I think that it certainly boosted their ability to recruit. I think that it boosted their their performance in the way that people view them because they are actually in the college ball playoff. They're actually doing things that people have said for years that they can't do. And that's that's important and that's impressive. Unlike Texas, who's like, we're back, and then goes six and six this year, or whatever the hell they were at. We're back. It was like seven and five season or five and seven. Was it I think it was five and seven. Did they did didn't they not make a bowl game? Like that's insane. That's make, insane yep. to me. So yeah, they go five and seven. And so like when you compare like Michigan to teams like Texas, who are and teams that like think that they're better than others, um, you know, and I certainly think that like Notre Dame is one of those teams that would be helped by being in a conference, I think that being in a conference for Notre Dame would legitimize their, um, you know, program. But it's so it's it's so it's just so like I don't know where what to think or where to go from here. I think is my point. Like I I know that people are like high on Michigan, and I don't know if they'll beat Georgia if they have a chance to beat Georgia. But I think that it's sort of they got damn. And, 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 and Michigan was impressive this season, but I just don't know that Jim Harbaugh replicates it. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know that he does this again. And I don't know that I have – I guess I don't know that I have the confidence in him to do this again. And I don't know that, like – like, if, if Jim Harbaugh goes out and wins eight games next year, would you throw him, you know, to the Wolves? Like, would you say, get out of here? You know, like he won a Big Ten championship um, and that was impressive. But know. was the Big Ten not on a down year? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Ohio State is one of the best, probably the, uh, the second best program in all of college football. Right. You know, in the last decade and even currently, like right. their program, again, not the team this year, but their program, their recruiting right. facilities, you know, pedigree, powerhouse level. Again, Michigan usurped them this year, and that's good. You know, that's step one, right? I think, you know, beating them this year, that that's your goal every year, right? Like that, realistically, like... Michigan, I guess at this point where Ohio Michigan State is, if you State, beat Ohio State, you go on. Other than Michigan State and Penn State, which like, you know, if Michigan has beaten both of those teams... um at least a decent amount of times, right? Like they're like 500 as in the Harbaugh era or like just below or above. I think they're just below with Michigan state and just above with Penn state. I think, I think it's like a one game difference, which that needs to be better. But like you've shown, you can beat that team. Whereas Ohio state, you beat one time, which is this year. Um, I think, you know, the fact that they beat Ohio state this year, I mean, I'm not going to downplay that. That is big. And if you, if you, if he, here's the thing if he wins a natty this year, if he went and only wins eight games next year, he won't be fired. 
but he's kind of right back to that short leash and he's back to the hot seat where he like kind of like where he was at the start of this year. Um, but you I think know, if, if, if you win I think a national if, title, you're you're given leeway. I think if he wins a national title, like I think that you put him on the you put him on the board. Like I think that that is that is just Hall of Fame worthy. Um, I mean Lee Corso yeah. won a national well, title. He's the last he's gotta person. Be, he's got to be. He's got to be Georgia and Alabama to do it too. Yeah. Like that's probably one of the you had to beat Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama to win a national title. Like yeah. that's a tough gauntlet. It's a, no well, it's a, it's tough to win a college ball championship no matter who you you know who you are. Um, I think that like unless you're Alabama. Even. Well, <laughs> and I think I think that that part of that is 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 I want to I don't know like again like. I want to see teams beat Ohio State in their best year, right? Um, like, in Ohio State's good year, I want to see a Michigan team or a Michigan State team beat them, right? Like, I think that that is sort of my thing. Like, like well, that's why I never understood. This, even though they... But even though they lost to Oregon, they were in. They were ranked three. Like, right. I, it's not... Is it their best year ever? No, no. But, like, if Ohio State won that, that game... And, a, well, and and this is a bad year for Ohio State, playoff. and they still only yeah. had one law or two losses. But it wasn't even that, that bad of a year, right. like you know, right, wrong, or otherwise. Stroud was a Heisman finalist, right? Right. They have three NFL wide receivers, uh, and so it's like, and, and here's and here's and you know, this is another argument of why I don't want the playoff expanded, even though I know it's going to. But that game is. That game in November, that is whoever won that game goes to Indy and goes to the playoff. Whereas if there's an expanded playoff, that game is now just playoff seeding. That's all it turns into. Right. Because both those teams are getting in with the records they had going in. Right. Like Michigan wasn't going to fall outside like the top eight, top right. ten, whatever the whatever the number of teams that get in. So it's that's you know. So I see, I see your argument there, and I think that depending on Ohio State, if they win that game, they're they're the the two seed. They're the two seed instead of Michigan. And like, so and so, I get what I get what you're saying. I guess because like it makes it it now makes it easier. I think for teams, like because and and I want to throw this point in there about like beating Ohio State at your best because something that's always bugged me is that Michigan State fans and I don't even like to do this. I don't even like to compare the two. Like I don't I don't think that Michigan needs to be good if Michigan State gets to where they want to go. And I've said this before, but it it bugs me when when Michigan State fans were out here like rooting for Iowa to beat Michigan right like like you know what i mean like even though that wasn't going to happen like they're still rooting against michigan and yeah like i don't want michigan to win as someone who's like a michigan state like fan right like i don't want michigan to yeah. win but at the same time Do you know we're just i don't insufferable i don't really care does that you know what i mean like i don't like to compare michigan state and I, michigan it, anymore know, since my, michigan I, state has won the last what? 10 of the last 14 i'll do you one better I root for Ohio State and Michigan State every week. They're not facing us because when I beat them, I want them to be. It looks I want better. the win to be as valuable right. as possible. Right. And you know, Michigan State. Obviously, we have. You know, I you friends and family. Like I got people who care about the school. I don't want them to be miserable. I might not like the school, but I like my friends and family. And it's, you know, my grandfather, yeah. who. You know, I love him dearly. He's an Ohio State fan. Born and raised, 
Uh-huh. Um, so like, yeah. even though I hate Ohio State's guts, it's kind of like, well, at least I, at least he gets that, and I can be happy in that, right? I can be happy for them, even if I don't like the school. So like, the, that's always been my mindset, and like, obviously, once Ohio State gets to the championship, then I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I hope you lose, cause whatever. But you're right. I'm not like. I watch the playoff because it's entertaining, not because I'm like, I need to see Ohio State lose, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, no, I, I, but yeah. Um, to make a long story long, yeah, we were, we were wrong about story. Jim Harbaugh, and, um, and I'm, glad to, I'm glad to have been wrong. One, another team, this was another, like, week one overreaction hot take. Um, I wasn't super far off, but it feels like I need to say this was a miss on a prediction. Iowa. I so, well, Iowa you you actually, I would West. say that you loved Iowa. Like, you were in, like, I mean, I know that they ended up making it to the Big Ten title game, but that's not really saying right. much considering that, like, and they, they like, were they, the number like, three team in the country in, like, week seven or something like that, and then they just yeah. fell off a cliff. They had the big win over Penn State, but that game kind of showed where they were mortal because they needed Sean Clifford to be hurt. Yeah, they just, I mean, I thought, uh, again, I thought they have such a great home field advantage. Right. They're, you know, the defense is very stout. But they, yeah, they did they not lose a game but, until they lost to Purdue. They ended up losing to Purdue, Purdue. 24-7. Then the next week they threw up another seven points against Wisconsin and just died at the hill and then yeah. got murdered in the so i i don't think that it was like how they lost i mean well that they I, lost I it was said, how they oh, lost they're gonna win the big i said i predicted my hot take was they could win the big 10 and if they right. win the big 10 you know it was obviously they go to the playoff and right. yeah just i mean no they fell apart completely so uh i was wrong but i wasn't like the worst but it, it definitely wasn't like I'm not giving myself credit for that. No, and well, All their right. defense was Let's so play. good, but they were relying on so many turnovers. Right. All right, let's talk about what we were right on, though, in college football. Bama. Um, we both predicted Bama making the playoff, but we also both predicted Bama looking a little more mortal this year. And I think that's definitely the case. I mean, they lose, lose to A&M. They lose to Auburn. They almost lose to Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Obviously, they looked very Bama-esque in their uh, SEC title game against Georgia. Um, now, here's my thing about that game: as much as I wanted Georgia to win because it helps, it would have helped Michigan in their seeding. I, I think it's I, I, I. I'm going in with the impression of Georgia wanted to win that game and Alabama needed to win that game because Georgia was making the the the, the CFP regardless. So I think, you know, if Michigan loses and Bama's going to beat Cincy, we all know it. So if, if Michigan loses and it's Georgia-Bama again, now both teams need to win. And I would be curious to see what would happen there. Um the anyways, the interesting Bama, thing the interesting yeah. thing for me like yeah. about Bama real quick is that like I don't even and and this is again I don't know if I've mentioned this to you but I've I've talked about this before specifically I think that even though going in right like Alabama needed to win to make the playoff I still think yep. 
that even with a head-to-head victory, and people will lose their mind over this, but even with that head-to-head victory, I would still put Georgia at number one. Like, I, I, I know that they had to do it because Alabama beat them, but there's no chance mm-hmm. that, and I, and again, I know, and I know we talked, and I talked about, I think the, who I talked about this with was, um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesus Christ. We had him on a couple of weeks ago. I'm terrible. Evan Birchmore. Um, we had him on a couple of weeks ago. I talked to him when you were off and he, wh- what happened was like, and he brought up this point that George is not as great as they thought they were, but I still think, and I think maybe more so for matchup wise, because Georgia could beat. I don't think that Michigan has a chance against Georgia, but they do against. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Alabama, maybe no, they. I think someone made. Uh, you know, well, I'll I'll save what I what I want to say because we have them and who you got. I'm gonna talk about it then. So, um. All right, uh, and then yeah, so, like, just to round this out, we were so LSU in the Pac-12. We were right yeah. about both of them. We both thought, yeah, Ed Ordron, see ya. Pac-12, not very good. See ya. We were right about that. Um, Michigan State, Mel Tucker. I mean, you were I gave was like I think he's gonna be better than we think, and you were you know the big believer and boy how right you were i mean they have a chance to be in uh at the same time i really did not see it coming like mel tucker being as good as he was was. being a hopeful fan well yes so like i wasn't sure because the only thing that i had to go off on really was that Michigan State beat Northwestern, and they were good last year, but they beat Northwestern last year, and they beat Michigan. And that's really all I had to go on entering the season. I didn't know who this team's running back was. First play of the season, Kenneth Walker does a 75-yard touchdown run. Dude, I had, I had no idea. That's the first time I was introduced to Kenneth Walker the third. Had no idea who he was. He showed me who he was then, and he just blew my mind out of the water. But, like, I had no, I had no idea. I, I was just spitballing ideas. I took uh, the only reason I made that Alabama-Texas A&M prediction is because I picked one random away game that Alabama could possibly lose, and that was the one I took. Yep. So no, it was just one fair. random away game. Uh, that was your that was your big hit. But hey, man, if you're right, you're right. So yeah, no, I think th- so overall, um, I think we did okay this year. You know, uh, we were we missed a few, and it's funny because the things we missed on were like you know like Michigan and Harbaugh. I don't think it was that bad, but we you know we were right about a lot of things, and makes me confident in our analysis as you know podcasters who cover this stuff so um Very real exciting. quick griff um, before before we move on so in our show sheet we have the, a huge thing in the lions like a full like almost a page long i would it's love it's not gonna take long so i would no, no. want to talk it, it, i my notes so i can formulate oh my thoughts. perfect absolutely because i was gonna say we could either do it now or we could do it next week whatever you want to do what's up we're making decisions on the again? fly. Did you want to do that now, or did you want to do that this week? Because I just have I have one major question for you. Um. Well, how about this? Ask me the question, and then we can I can go from there. Perfect. So, do you? Because I was critical of Dan Campbell. All right, 
Yeah. I was very critical of Dan Campbell being – and and the only major reason why is because the Lions hired Brad Holmes as GM, right? And he's – I mean, he's done, like, draft stuff before, but that's mainly his expertise was draft things. And Dan Campbell's well, a rookie head coach out, who he hasn't was, called plays before. Mm-hmm. He He's a rookie head coach who hasn't called plays before. But I like the Brad Holmes selection more than I liked the – Dan Campbell selection. Now, do you do Brad you Holmes still have a college scout who was on the Rams and helped draft Aaron Donald, potentially right. one of the best defensive players? Well, and he's time, he's right? had like, good he's had good draft success. Like I would compare Brad Holmes's like draft and the ability to evaluate talent to maybe Steve Eiserman. I don't know if it's that elite, but if we you know we're transferring between hockey that good though. Perfect. Because he's so far like he's like good. Looking and you know and Panay is amazing. Year one great start, and even right. his up mid and late round picks, and we'll talk about we can talk about that in a minute. But so how would yes, you Dan grade? How would you grade player. your faith in Dan Campbell? Because for me, it's like a one or a two from a scale of one to ten. Wow, that low, eh? Um, I I would put faith, him at a one or two, highest maybe three. So this kind of. I'm giving him this if if I'm giving him this benefit of the doubt, which is some of his decision making has been. I don't think he's making decisions to lose intentionally. I don't think any NFL coach will actually do that on purpose, except like last year, the last game of the year when uh, Doug Peterson like very clearly intentionally was trying to lose that game for the Eagles. God, to get I remember better draft that. That was so bad. Game of the year that is probably one of the few times I don't think a coach actively goes out and loses throughout a season to help a draft pick. I, I just, I can't, there's 32 of these jobs. You can't do that. Right. Cause you'll lose fan uh, faith. Right. So I don't think that's it, but I think some of his decision-making cause it's been poor. Like he's made some very bad game management decisions between, you know, the double timeout fiasco Um going for it at times he shouldn't kicking field goals at times when he should have gone for it. Like he's trying to be Mr. Analytics, but he's not applying it at the right times. When you think about game script. Um, so if, if he's making some of these decisions because of the talent on the field and next year, which they should have significantly better talent on both sides of the ball. I think he can be a lot better than he was. And assuming that decision-making improves, my faith remains steadfast at like a five or six because he is a very good motivator. He's been a plus in that right locker room leader. He gets guys to play for him. And I know every coach does that, his is something more. The fact that he can keep guys playing so hard in the NFL when they're little, they're two and uh, ten and one or two and eleven and one team, I, that's not easy to do. And he he keeps the energy up. They clearly he he garners the respect of every player in that locker room. Um, that's important, you know. And that's a very he does that very well and deserves props for that. And he's also getting the most out of guys who. You know, undrafted free agents, and that's also great. 
due to the 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 coaching staff that he helped build and he deserves credit for that as well let's go into who you got we got bowl season this is the prime of it um you know we got the new year six bowls and as well as you know our nfl picks so let's start out i had to put this on here brad we got the cheese it bowl clemson versus iowa and the reason i put this on here is i don't know if you saw it but Dabo sweeney wearing his giant clemson orange tracksuit orange like solid orange you know uh uh quarter zip with the solid orange sweatpants baby what an iconic look uh brad who you got and why so i gotta pick iowa state now clemson's a two and a half point favorite at least according to the sports book that i uh was on but yeah that that sounds about right well so like Iowa State is a good team. And I know Clemson's a good team. Like, they're a decent team, right? But Iowa State has – they could be surprising at times. And so I think that there may be a chance that they surprise more people in this game. Yep, agree. Uh, well, I don't agree. You disagree, Griff. Uh, I do. I'm just going to say – I mean, it's Clemson, man. I can't say no to Dabo Sweeney in that beautiful outfit he was wearing today. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, Iowa State, they're, they're a team that uh, throughout the year I said was better than I thought was better than, you know, most people gave me credit for. But I think Clemson just wins this. Uh, I'm just going to close my eyes and, and, and make the pick. So, <laughs> um, all right, we got MSU versus Pitt. Um, who you got? So I got to take Michigan State, um, and there's a couple reasons why. All right, now losing your quarterback is a lot harder to to deal with than losing your running back, no matter how good each player is. Um, just losing your quarterback is a bigger deal. Um, now I, that's sort of my 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 rationale, right? So the the big thing I think yeah. for me really is. That both defenses are awful. They're just bad. The, I mean, pass defense specifically. And the and the and and Michigan State's defensive coordinator Scotty Hazelton had said that um, Pitt's dif- uh, backup QB. I don't know who it is. Reminds him of Kenny Pickett. So I'm not sure like what grain of salt to take that with. But I will say that both defenses are bad, but specifically in passing. Pitt is number 110 in pass defense. Michigan State's number 130. So we're kind of comparing like a rock to a, a seahorse, whatever. I'm just coming up with random stuff. I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, so I just think that this is kind of going to be a shootout. And I think that Peyton Thorne can rise to the level to beat Pitt. And, and Jaden Reed is back. Jalen Naylor is back. You got you got players coming off with injuries. You're losing your best running back, but you're getting back your two wide receivers. That is going to be big for Michigan State, and I think Michigan State wins this game. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, in not so many words, yeah. Uh, Pitt has lost their best player in right. Kenny Pickett. And while MSU did lose their best player uh, in Walker, I think, you know, uh, Thorne is still going to be very good. You got Speedy Naylor. You got Jalen Reed. Like they're all going to have great games, and they're going to bomb the Pitt secondary. And I think MSU will do enough. And I think, I think Tucker knows how important this game is. 
11 wins in year two and a new and that 11th win being a new year six bowl is just it's huge That's so massive yeah. no i think i i think michigan state wins this they're gonna come out playing with their pants on fire and and i hope they do genuinely like i said i want like we mentioned earlier in the show the better msu is the better it feels when we beat you right it feels like every year michigan beat msu is when msu is in a down year i want to beat you when you're in a, when you're in an up year and winning this game you know, it gives you momentum in the next year, gives you, makes your program better next year. And if we can beat you next year, that win will be all the better. So uh, I think, you know, Spartans win it. All right. Uh, Rose Bowl, Utah versus Ohio State. Ohio State will be without. Uh, I was just going to change my pick. Uh, no, no, no. Wait, wait. Hold on. You don't know. Let me, let me. Ohio State. Um, Though I know they'll be without Garrett, Garrett, Wilson, Garrett Wilson. And. Chris Olave and Chris Olave, two of their three starting wide receivers, will not play. They will also be without left tackle um, Nicholas Petit Frere and defensive tackle Haskell Garrett. Oh yeah. So I know Petit the Frere receivers will are the ones probably be a late first, early second rounder. Um, he's very good. Um, although you know, Aiden Hutchinson did not make him look very good in his last game. But, uh, yeah, so Ohio State without a good chunk of players, but um, uh, Brad, who you got? Um, you know what? Screw it. Actually, you know what? The, aren't the Is Ohio State the, the underdog in this game? I cannot imagine they are. Um, they're probably favorited. Even I saw just now I saw a spread. CJ Shroud. I just saw a spread that said that Michigan – I mean, sorry, what am I – saying um i just saw a spread that said that ohio state is a four and a half point underdog um let me see hang on hang on hang on hang on let's play ohio state is a five point favorite according to the action network, okay then never mind my go-to then never mind griff um you know what i want i want to know who <laughs> you got first i got ohio state i mean they're better they're mm. uh, like we mentioned earlier they're one of the t- they're a top three program top two program in the entire country um they are and yeah they're without you know uh several starters but that team is so good i wouldn't be surprised if whatever sophomore or freshman is on the bench comes up and plays and you know blows the doors off of utah and utah's no schlub but i think they win it easily okay yeah so so i think that um, it said that the the spread consensus pick. What the hell does that mean? Four and a half point favorite, Utah is or Utah minus four and a half. Is that is that what people are picking? Is that for the spread? That's for the spread. We're just picking them. Um, I want to take Ohio State. Yeah. I gotta take Ohio State. If I'm just picking both teams, no. like I would take Utah to cover that spread, like, but I would not take. Insane. What's that? I said unless the spread's insane, you know. Right. We'll, we do the spread for the regular, regular season, season college like games. That. Right, right. This is, I mean, I'm not doing spread on, on the Orange Bowl games. Right. Gonna, at least I hope it is close as hell, you know? Yeah. And, right. And, like, I, I mean, Utah's a good team, but if I'm taking it, if I'm just picking them, I got to take, I have to take Ohio State. I can't bet against Ryan Day right now. I mean, no, well, you know, no, Utah no. looks good. Like, they look good, and I want them to win, but I don't think they will. No, they're going to be fine. And they're pissed. Remember, the last thing that happened to them was a loss to Michigan. They're going to take some aggression out. So, Right. Um, all right. Sugar Bowl. Pour some sugar on me, baby. Who you got? Yeah. Baylor versus Ole Miss. 
Um, Ole Miss. I gotta take Ole Miss, and I'm just gonna say that for Matt Corral. Um, and this is honestly, I don't know much about Ole Miss or much about Baylor, but I just, I don't know. It seems like, well, is Matt Corral playing? Holy shit! Hold on, I didn't even look that up. I keep he he is oh, he is okay. one of the few quarterbacks that is actually playing because I didn't I, I I couldn't remember if um if he's you know if I remember him playing but anyway um yeah, yeah so I would uh I would I don't know I would he's take Ole Miss one of the few. and well and and I think that I think that part of that may have to do that he has something to prove I don't know if that has something to do with Ole Miss winning this game yeah but like but it could Kenny Pickett also has shit yeah. to prove yeah. and I, I still don't understand why he was he I mean to be out. fair Kenny Pickett he's was somehow everything to, he's got everything to put out there he could and the thing is he's not you know no offense to Michigan State fans he's going against a bad Michigan State secondary he could go right. out and bomb them and it would you know it's more stuff on tape and it's more stuff to impress scouts I, right. I don't understand Kenny Pickett not playing but whatever like I get the injury thing but he's going to be a second rounder well no, sorry no he'll be a first rounder but still I just think him playing makes a lot more sense um, but that's just me so um, yeah no I, I got I think Ole Miss for the same reason. I don't trust Baylor. I don't think – I don't know. I just don't trust Baylor. And like you like you said, Matt Corral's got something to prove. He's trying to improve his draft stock, make some more money, um, and get drafted. So, yeah, give me Ole Miss. All right. We're just going to – I'm going to get this one out of the way. Cotton Bowl, Cincinnati versus Alabama. We both have Alabama. Alabama. Real. They're going to blow. And I don't know that – yeah. Cincinnati, and, and... congrats for getting here. See you later. Bye. <laughs> yeah, well, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a blowout. Oh, no, I wouldn't either, which will just show, hey, and it will just add to the number of blowouts between the one and the four seed. Do you know how bad the matchups between the one and four seeds have been in the last five years? Like, it's been, I think the, the point margin between the one versus four seed is like like hundreds of points at this yeah, point. Yeah, I know. Um, I'll have to, I'll see if I can find the stat. Um, while we're doing this, but yeah, uh, give me Bama. All right, the actual this is probably the most important game this week. Um, Michigan against Georgia. You think you Miami got Michigan in this game? Oh my god! At the Orange Bowl. Oh yeah. No, let oh me explain. God. Georgia is, um, oh, I think it was 2016 Michigan. And here's my thinking. Uh, I want to find there was a great someone had a great tweet about it and I thought it was perfect and perfectly explained it. You know who Georgia reminds me of? Michigan football under head under Jim Harbaugh prior to this year. Beat up on weaker teams in their conference to build a superiority complex only to get exposed soundly in their biggest game. Very 2018 Michigan. This is a winnable game. So it do I expect it to be easy? God no. But I think Michigan's defense is slightly better than Georgia's defense. I again, I don't think Georgia's defense is is the world beaters we thought. Now, granted, that was against a very good Alabama offense, but Michigan has shown they have some level of offensive comp- competency, right? I also think the Michigan running game, they're going to Blake Corum's healthy. You have Hassan Haskins healthy. Cade has been everything you've needed him to be. I think Michigan can do enough to win this game, but it's going to be close. It's not going to be Ohio State. They're going to have to fight. And the biggest thing is they are going to have to make 
next to no mistakes. So like zero. No so, no turnovers. You cannot have a single turnover. And you know, this team's resilient. I think they have every they have every chance to win this game, but they're gonna have to really earn it. Mm-hmm. Um but so we'll see. But I'm picking them because I'm gonna be confident in them. I've undercut them at every step of the way this year and picked against them every step of the way. I'm gonna pick them for now because I do think this game is winnable. So I'm gonna you, ride with my team. So the over under right now is at forty five and a half. Would you take the over or the under? Forty five and a half. What gets me to an over? So like twenty four. 24-21 gets me to the over. Because 45, you said 45 and a half? Yeah. Or 44 and a half? No, 45 and a half. You said 44 and a half? 45. 45 and a half. Uh, yeah. See, that's a bastard. Because uh, I would say 24-21, I, I could see it. I could also see 27-21 or 27-24. Right. Can I see Michigan? Can I see Michigan scoring four touchdowns or four, three touchdowns and two feet? I, I mean, I would take the under. I don't know. Like Georgia's defense yeah. just seems good, and like, yeah, but but at the same time, if it's competitive, like, and that's kind of the thing, right? It, like, that's if, a really close. That's. I'll tell you what. I wouldn't touch that, but I would <laughs> lean over. Who wouldn't yeah. bet any money on that? That's that's scary. Because because the thing is 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 like is like usually what happens is is football is a very reactionary game, right? Where like if if um you know I don't know like if if some if some team like if Georgia starts out and their offense is much worse than their defense, but if Georgia goes out and starts scoring points, like Michigan may react with points, like same vice versa, like right, like if Michigan comes out looking strong against Georgia's um against Georgia's um like defense like you know uh then I don't know like they might react and score more points and you kind of feel in the heat in the moment like that's kind of what happens um like with with football games is that they don't they tend to like they don't always end in a blowout if it if it could stay competitive so if it's close then you know otherwise I don't know we're looking at 45-0 but yeah who knows that's tough. Yeah. It's tough so, to imagine like Michigan not staying in this game, but at the same time, like I don't know. I think it'll be close, and I think you know, I think it's really going to come down to the first team that can get to twenty will be right. the winner, most right. likely. It's that first team, whoever can score, you know, three touchdowns. Right. Um, yeah, because like the the thing with that over and do I think both teams can score three touchdowns, and then one of them scores a fourth, or they won't, well, you know one of them kicks two field goals for the over. Right. Yeah, that I don't hate the under there, but uh, I wouldn't touch it because who knows <laughs> this game. I think this game, it's, it's such a question mark because, like, how legit is Georgia? What can Michigan do against, you know, they went against a good team in Ohio State, but I think we both said Ohio State's defense was suspect, right? Right. So can they stop it? And can Michigan stop the the Georgia offense? So we will see. Looking forward to it. That's gonna be a great game to watch. Hopefully, I'm not. It's not over by halftime, and I can actually watch the whole thing. So, right. All right. On to the NFL, Brad. We got uh, our so our 1 p.m. time slot. I you know this is like the prime time game in my opinion, the best game in the 1 p.m. time slot. 
huge AFC playoff implications here. Chiefs at Bengals. Brad, who you got? Why you got him? I got to take the Chiefs. I just got to take the Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes looks great. Yeah. Um, Chiefs mm-hmm. are Chiefs are a better team. Um, Bengals are, yeah. You know, I never know if they're going to be good, if they're going to be bad, if they're going to score very, 37 on the Lions or whatever they're going to do. So I got to take they're Chiefs. Got to take the hot I, hand. I'm going to take the Bengals. Yeah, I know I, I'm, you know, preach up-down theory, but I think the Bengals stay hot. They're trying to win that division for the first time in forever. The Chiefs, they're just so weird to me. I know they're back. They've won like seven in a row, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes is obviously very good, but there's just still something about the Chiefs I do not trust. I still think there's some big question marks for them. Because they're not the Chiefs of old. They're obviously a playoff team. I just don't think they're the powerhouse they were last year and two years ago. Um, something is just, you know, they've been, I don't want to say figured out. Patrick Mahomes is still an elite quarterback. But they've they've been, you know, they've been schemed against better now. And they can't do what they used to. Um, so they got to do a little bit, things a little bit different to earn their wins. And that's a little tougher for them now. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, uh, Bengals, uh, and just, you know, close my eyes and, and hope plus, you know, Bengals, uh, I root for my other big cat teams, especially a team like the Bengals who've been in the basement, like Detroit has been for so long. And I love Joe Burrow. That dude's just electric. Uh, I, if that man, I'd love to have a guy like Joe Burrow on the lions. Uh, it was just, it's so good. It's my, it, I love the dude. Anyway. Um, four thirty prime time slot because you know it's the Cowboys. They're always in the prime time slot because Fox loves the Cowboys. But uh, this is the game of the week though because this is two powerhouses in the NFC currently. We have the Cowboys at the Cardinals. Big implications here. Cowboys are the two seed. They're fighting for a one, the one seed, uh, hoping Green Bay slips up. And uh, you know the Cardinals, they've clinched a playoff spot, but they're still in the running to try and upset the Rams and win their division and get home playoff right. So a lot at stake here in this game. Both teams have plenty to play for. Brad, who you got? It is so hard to pick the Cardinals right now. Like, it is just so hard. Like, they just look so bad. Um, So I got to take the Cowboys here. The Cardinals, though, like, I don't know. Like, I I was rooting for them. I was like, Arizona, Arizona. I was like their biggest fan. Uh, I'll say this. I'm picking picking the Cowboys as well. Mm Mm-hmm. As you, I mean, we're both taking Cowboys. I want the Cardinals to win it, though. And I want, you know, I've always said I want Stafford to make a playoff run and do well. So I do hope he wins his division. But I hate, I, you know me, I don't like the Cowboys just as an organization. I got nothing against, like, Dak and all that. But, man, I want the Cardinals to beat him. And I think the Cardinals are due for a make-right game. But Cliff Kingsbury is not good at winning games in December. So we'll see if he can... They can pull their heads out of their asses and, and, and get something to work this week. We will see. All right. The homer pick of the week, because I love to talk about my Lions. Lions at Seahawks. Um, Fun fact, Brad, if the Lions, if they lose one of their next two games, they have the Seahawks this week and Packers next week. If they lose even just one of those, they lock up the second at least the second overall pick at that's the lowest they fall to uh, obviously losing both games allows them to get to the one pick easier, but that does require Jacksonville to win uh, another game um, and for the Lions to lose out, which 
not easy. Um, so, Brad, you have the you have the Seahawks. I do have the Seahawks. I, yeah, because I'm a normal. Let me person. hear you out, because I'm back and forth on this. But yeah, like, who, sure. why why you got the Seahawks? So here's my issue. Seahawks are bad. Okay, now very bad. The Lions are also bad. Um, can I can I read you read you something real quick? Let's go sure. over. Let's go over the teams that the Lions have played. Do you remember? Do you remember when the Lions were doing their season and they were like, "I'm looking at all these L's." Remember the Lions are doing their season right? It's the beginning of the season. Yep. We're like, "Okay, okay, Lions could beat the Bears." Okay, the Lions could beat the Bears. They lost 24-14. Lions could beat the Vikings. They lost 19-17. Lions almost beat the Ravens yep. before that. 19-17 lost in the last second field goal. Lions also could beat the Bengals. You know what they did? They lost 34-11. The Lions could beat the Eagles. Ooh, we lost 44-6. Um, Lions, I thought they were going to die by the Steelers, but the Steelers are the Steelers, and they tied them 16-16. The Browns, they should have they 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 beat the Browns, but they lost 13-10. Yep. They... Should have beat the Bears. They could have beat the Bears on Thanksgiving, 16-14, on a terrible coaching mistake. They could have beaten the Broncos. They lost 38-10. Um, they also, well, the Falcons are the Falcons. I didn't think at this point, I didn't think they were going to beat the Falcons. Um, they I also, also could have won that game, but I'm glad they lost. I'm also surprised that they beat the Vikings. But again, Kirk Cousins is 1-1 against the Lions this year, and that is not... Very like every season he's been in, he's had a 500 record, so it's very much tracks, and he's the most yep. 500 QB I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, do I think that the Lions could beat the Seahawks? No, not at all. What what's the spread in this game? The Seahawks are a seven point favorite. Do you know how high that is for an NFL game? They are a 77, according to ESPN's um, power index. The Seahawks have a 77% chance to win this game. An NFL game should not have that much of a displacement. You're, Just you're an NFL that was game. the same thing against the Cardinals and the Vikings, though, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah, the well, Lions have probably and, and, been a five-point underdog to every the, team the Lions this season. Are the third, Lions are the third best team against the spread. I'm sure year. they are because the spread always hates them. Three. They are always worse than the spread. Or better than the spread because the spread play, is the worst they it could play be. Up to their competition. Oh my god! They're out, they always play up to their competition, man. You, here's here's another whatever, thing. Like, here's another any, thing. Any Lions double digit, you take the you take the points and you run with. Here's them. another thing. The Lions are zero and seven and one on the road. They have no wins. That's true. On although, but them playing at home isn't very helpful because you know. Like thirteen people show up to the games, so well, well, that's 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 true. That's neutral. Yeah, but but anyway, they're oh seven and one uh, on the road. Seahawks got a big. I got I got to I got to say that they got the most impressive. Uh, like when it comes to NFL fans, like they got the most impressive in the NFL. So I don't know if that matters. The Seahawks is not like they're playing for anything. They're five and ten, two and five at home, but it's the Lions. So I can't. You know me. I can't bet for the Lions. Unless they're playing like the 2016 Browns or whenever they lost every game. So, yep. So, who you, who you, who uh, do I'm you have? Seahawks as well. Oh, okay. I'm taking. You make me Seahawks go on this whole thing. I, w- I want the Lions <laughs> to 
as much as you know, I I'd like them to win one more game because right. you know they can't they can afford to. Just lock up the number two pick this week and give yourself a chance at the number one. But lose this week, lock up the number two pick, ready to rock and roll for draft season. Right. So, all right, Monday Night Football rivalry in the AFC North: Browns and Steelers. Very bitter rivalry. Brad, who you got? Why you got Browns? I'm going to take the Browns um, because the Steelers have just been bad. Like they've just been bad. Yeah. Like watching watching Ben Roethlisberger makes it, it it gives me a migraine. Like just watching him makes me makes my head hurt. It is so. Remember when Ben Roethlisberger was all like, "Oh, everyone's doubting me, and they don't know what they're talking about." Yeah, they do know what they're talking about, and they were correct because you fucking suck, and you need to get out of the league. But watching the Steelers is just yeah. bad. Yeah, I think um and plus I get a freckle every single time that the Steelers uh the Steelers lose and I am better for it. <laughs> no, I think I think uh I I'm going to take the Steelers and the I'm reason sure why. Are. I know you hate the Steelers. Oh, I hate the Steelers. I wish that they Sound would just theory, die as they an just got shellacked by the, the by the Chiefs last week. Yeah, they did and they deserved it. You know. So, up down theory, I think they uh I think they bounce back a little bit. You know, they have been. They have. They have all. They of have been. Yeah, that's power. that. That that is a replacement level player. I know. That's the. That's the. That's the issue. I know. Dude is eighty Their years old. Defense is okay. And here's the thing: Baker Mayfield's god awful right now. Oh, wait, he's he is. hurt. He should not be playing. And <laughs> yeah, Nick Chubb's great, and he might be able to carry him to to a win. This game is but... going to be six to three. No, no, it'll be, it'll, be it'll be six to three at the end of the second half, at the end of the yeah, second quarter in the halftime, and then the, somehow the final score will be like twenty-eight to twenty-four. God, yeah, <laughs> um, probably. But for now, I'm gonna take the Steelers just to be contrarian, and I just don't think like Browns are good. They have a good defense, but like so do the Steelers, kinda, and like I don't trust the Browns' offense at all, even with Nick Chubb. I think. They can stop him, and then they have to force Baker to throw. And Baker threw four picks last week. Not great. So, give me the Steelers. All right, Brad. That brings us to a great, you know, end of the year for for take this. Um, I think it was a very successful year. Oh, I'm yeah, looking forward to everything we get to do in 2022. Hopefully, this time next year, we're talking about the Lions and playing meaningful games in December. Huh? And uh, yeah, I, I'm looking looking forward to everything we're gonna get to cover. We got a baseball lockout, gonna have a bunch of you know Super Bowl playoffs, uh, hockey playoffs, all that good stuff. The summer could be a real drag though if there's no baseball to actively talk about. But we got lots of fun topics we can we can bring up uh, and fill fill the show sheet throughout the year. So uh, I'm very excited and uh, I'm looking forward to everything we're gonna do next year. As am I, Griff. Oh, as am I. I can't wait. I just can't, can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, Brad, it was. It's been. A, it's been a pleasure. Everyone who's been listening, thank you for supporting the show. We hope you continue to listen next year. Um, have a great new year, and uh, we'll see you in two thousand and twenty-two. 
Bye.
I got you. I got you. You're good. I don't think they can't hear us. So, I was going to say, at some point, we should do a betting segment. We'll talk about that later. Sorry. Yeah, well, we should do, we should do, I, I was thinking we expand to, like, more sports. You know, like, um, I think that'd be cool. The interesting thing will be to see how I do, like, because, like, I'm not a fan of betting baseball, you know? Right, right. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode number 34 of Take This. We are live on YouTube once again, Tuesday night. Thank you for joining us on a little bit of an off day. Well, not really, off schedule. Off schedule. We are off schedule. Um, Griff, how... Griff, how are you? It's so good. Um... So I'm at I'm at Christmas, right? And it's a good time. Like great time. Spend it with my uh grandpa, my aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever. Um, so my grandpa, like so my grandma just a little bit of a TMI, whatever, personal stuff. My grandma passed away, I wanna say like three or four years ago, right? And is like, you know, kind of scared like for my grandpa's like health, you know, trying to make sure he's all right, whatever. Um, so, so fun fact, he started dating this woman like about, about maybe like a month or two ago. Um, you know, so I mean, not on like unhealthy moving on, whatever. Anyway, so this new woman he's seeing is apparently like the aunt or related to Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know if it's like by marriage or like whatever, but he's showing me these pictures he's got on his cell phone of like the two standing together. absolutely wild and well and like <laughs> well it's not like i hate him like he's a, he's good like he's he's you know what i mean like and my grandpa had nice things to say about him well well exactly and you know the interesting thing to me um was again just how small of a world it is but but one thing that's interesting, um, and it brings me back, it kind of like reminds me of when, um, what's his name, uh, when we had Nate Brown on to talk about the Red Wings in uh, that uh, one episode um, that we did with him, um, where he was talking about Peyton Thorne, and how Peyton Thorne, like, you know, he knew his dad or something, or uncle, or whatever it was, and uh, like when he was, you know... I don't know, 20 years, he's like 40 now, right, or something like that, when he was like 20 years younger, like Peyton Thorne was like six, or something like that, and um, and Peyton Thorne was running around the grass on like some Illinois football field, and like he was, you know, talking with his dad, or whoever he was with, and it was just kind of a crazy story, I was like, holy shit, you know, um, but it was, uh, it was a good time, um, Christmas was good, how was your Christmas, Griff?
looks pretty nice. Yeah, I gave up on my fantasy league, so uh, that's where I'm at. And I never give up. I'm not a giver up. There's no point.
Barely. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I was right. But I was I was right. I was always right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> That is my motto. Go big or go home. Mm, that was fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was and and people But no, the people it's it's hilarious cuz people still think the season's going to start. Like people still think that there's going to be a season next year and I'm like doubtful, you know? Like if the if the MLB season was a player on the injured reserve, it would be doubtful. And it is not and it would be a, a 365 day injury, not um not looking great. So Sorry to be that bleak about it, but that's honestly the best thing that the Tigers can hope for. Although, to be fair, to be fair, I don't know. The, the issue, because of, only because of COVID, I don't know if that will impact... Like either the owners or the players' side, hopefully the owners. Because I don't think that the the players are gonna back down in that. I think like because this contract like system has and and the and the horrible whatever the just the, the the it has existed since for the last like decade, and I think the players are tired of it. And I think that um I don't know I don't want them to back down. Someone needs to uh, you know get put their foot down. Yeah. Right. Right. Right.
We're on episode 34, Griff. Meat and potatoes.
Yikes. Yeah, well, I mean, we always overestimate Urban Meyer, don't we? Yeah, yeah, and and we all we all have seen the New York Jets and how a a team uh, being terrible at uh, building around your QB um, can ruin a QB. So, um, well, not really ruin him, but you know you know what I mean. We've all seen the New York Jets, and we you know we pray for them. So. Right. That was, no, that was the, you know, the, the Raiders. I was trying to, that was for comedic effect, Griff. That was to make you funnier. You're so welcome. Because we all know that this is a comedy podcast. Right, exactly. Right, exactly.
So I want I want to I want to read you a stat real quick, Griff. All right. Now this is amazing. Okay. Now, um, so I'm gonna give you a stat, and I want you to guess which QB it is. All right. I want you to guess, and you're gonna you're gonna do your uh your best. All right. This QB is. 56 and 56 in his career. Like win loss as starter. Fifty-six and fifty-six as a starter. Uh, just about not without, they didn't start every, they started every game since 2014, uh, I mean 2015. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Was drafted in 2012. It is Kirk Cousins. Yep. It is. The, the, the Um, by the way, I just want to point this out. Now, I want to get this out, out real quick um, before I forget. Uh, but that stat line is 58-59-2. I uh, mis misremembered it. Sorry. But that was about Kirk Cousins. But anyway, go on back to back to your high horse, whatever you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know.
Oh, I would love to know. Uh, I actually don't want to know. That sounds scary. You're not wrong. Actually, I don't remember. Wasn't it Rams and someone else? Buccaneers, probably. No, not Buccaneers. No, Rams and um, Bills? No. Patriots? No, Rams? Buccaneers? Okay, my AFC would have been... It had to have been... It wasn't the Chiefs? Chargers? Chiefs. She's got to be Chiefs. No, no, I did not. No, that is so bad. What is with that optimism? No, why did I do that? <clears throat> Barely. No, they, they got no chance. Baker Mayfield has got no chance. I should have known. I should have known, though, because Baker Mayfield is on a life cycle, right? So he's right now. So he starts off with being like underappreciated, right? Like underrated, okay? And then he goes on fucking fire, all right? He goes on fire. He like runs, like, you know, passes the ball for like 810 yards and then goes on some sort of ski trip or whatever. Anyway, th then he goes and then and then he he, he falls to the plate and then he, he kind of does his nose dive and then it's like, you know, um, like it's, it's, it's usually right before he's like, fuck the haters, you know, like I knew I was the best and I could do all this shit. And then, and then he, he snowballs into this like, this this abyss right and just terrible literally ass well he's there right now and then the next thing he's gonna do is he's gonna he's gonna be like oh fuck the haters again and it's kind of on this never-ending cycle where he does good and then bad and then good and then bad so this is just his terrible year you know a very inconsistent qb it's not it's not looking great I wanted Matthew Stafford to win the Super Bowl. Eh. the football team right mine was a hot take <laughs> 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 
Man, man, you know, the thing that bothers me the most about Matthew Stafford is everyone everyone in Detroit is always like, yeah, we knew he was a good QB. And, like, he just broke this record for, like, 50,000 yards, fastest to do it. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, when you have an arm like Stafford does and you and you have good receivers around you, like, yeah, you're going to – and he's a good QB. It just, it just bugs the shit out of me that we don't know – like, I, I still don't think that's Hall of Fame worthy. Like, I still don't think that Stafford should get in the Hall of Fame just because he's the fastest of 50,000, 40,000 yards. Like, that's all he, you know what I mean? Like, he has no playoff wins. He has playoff losses. Right, right, right. But also, at the same time, like, I, I don't think that Matthew Stafford is in the same, like, universe as Dan Marino is. You know, or, or like, you know what I mean? And, like, back then, football was also just different. I mean, you had a lot more players that ran the ball. And, I don't know, you know, but. Right. Right. At the very least, yeah. Well, because like it's the same way you measure the 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 Heisman, isn't it? But it's the same way that you measure the Heisman is is you measure someone's greatest achievements in the greatest moments of the game, and you know when it has come to that, Matthew Stafford hasn't showed up. I mean, he beat the shit out of Arizona the the one day, didn't he, or something like that, or was that Arizona that beat him? I guess they're in the same division, so they probably played each other twice by now. Right. That's the game. That's the game I've been thinking about is the Buccaneers win. That was a that was probably Matthew Stafford's biggest of the season. That's true. The Cardinals were hot at the time. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Clemson, you know, I don't know what how to feel about Clemson. Like, because I know they'll be good again. Like, we know that, obviously. Like, they have the recruiting metrics to win. Um, they're allowed to have an offseason. You know, and they weren't even that bad. They weren't even that bad. They just weren't Clemson. They just weren't they weren't even that bad. They won still they still won what, like eight or nine games? Like they were still like a decent team. You know? Like by by any metric, if 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 Clemson's season this year was absolute garbage, then Michigan's season for the last ten years has been absolute dust or dank, whatever the hell. It's and you know what I mean because Clemson did not have a bad season. They didn't win the ACC for the first time in like I think it's been like four years since they. Right. Well, you know, but they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They had like you know a new QB. I what I think he's a 
I could be wrong. He might be a freshman. I'm not sure. But um, but still, you know, they're, they're on kind of a – they got, you know, a good recruiting class coming in next year. And so there's, there's things to like about that. You know who we were, you know who we were, were, were both wrong about? Jim Harbaugh. No. I didn't know what to think. Garbage. Right. So here's here's my thing real quick. So So a few games, I think this was at the time that Michigan was either like 4 or 5 and 0. I couldn't remember, right? And they looked they looked very vulnerable and it was very alarming that Jim Harbaugh was out here running the ball and running for like 300 yards when you know that's like he was playing like it was 19 1902 you know out here just like out here running every single time whatever it was um and Cade McNamara did not look great he he kind of looked like deja vu of Shea Patterson and it was a little bit scary for people and 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 that's the thing and Michigan was being hyped up by all this media like all and they still are but all this media, Joel Klatt and people were in love with them, as they usually are. And I mean, at the, it, you know, it was the Minnesota game. I can't remember. The, it was either week one or week two of 2020 when I heard on the on an ESPN broadcast that this is the best Michigan team that Jim Harbaugh has had. Um, they said the same thing in 2019, and I remember this very vividly. But when I when I keep hearing that and I keep hearing it, it's just so hard to give Michigan that edge. And I was so resilient to give them the benefit of the doubt because what have they done before? Now, and, and I remember this too because you actually ended up not, I, I, I ended up believing in Michigan before you did, even though Michigan had lost to Michigan State. You know, my Sparty beat Michigan still. And they ended up losing to Michigan State. They um, they were kind of, but it was in the games that followed that made me sort of believe that Michigan was a better team than Ohio State. And for one, it was because Ohio State had not played a single good team since Oregon. And I mean, we've all seen when 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 teams we think they're too good walk into a game and they end up getting their ass kicked. We saw that happen with Georgia when they lost to Alabama and everyone was hyping up, "Oh, they got this great like run defense, whatever." Well, it doesn't help that that no team can run the ball against them because they got like, like the 95th best running back in the country or whatever. Like they're playing Vanderbilt and people are like, hooray, good job, whatever. Like, I don't care about that game anyway. So, so to just to finish my point, I thought that Michigan really impressed me between Michigan state and Ohio state. Like they really started kicking it into gear. They started to, um, they really started to both throw the ball 
Exactly. You know, the one thing, and I, and I don't know how I feel about this thought. I'm kind of, I've still been processing how to feel about it. I'm not really sure. Um, but it's, I feel like it's worth saying. So I'm not, I don't know if I still believe in Jim Harbaugh, to be, to be honest. I think that it's enough for him to stay at the program. I don't, I, cause I don't know. Because like, think about how Michigan State performed in the Big Ten this year. And like how they just kind of like, I did not think that Michigan State was a 10-win team, okay? And they beat Penn State because Penn State is god-awful. And James Franklin does not know his shoe from his hand. But what's that? Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, I did not think that Michigan State was a 10-win team. And Michigan won 11 games. And I think that it sort of speaks to the difficulty of the Big Ten, I think in a way like I like it's hard. I don't know where Michigan is going from here. Like I think that it certainly boosted their ability to recruit. I think that it boosted their their performance in the way that people view them because they are actually in the college ball playoff. They're actually doing things that people have said for years that they can't do. And that's that's important and that's impressive. Unlike Texas, who's like, we're back, and then goes six and six this year, or whatever the hell they were at. It was like seven and five season, or five and seven. Was it, I think it was five and seven. Did they, did, didn't they not make a bowl game? Like, that's insane. That's insane to me. So, yeah, they go five and seven. And so, like, when you compare, like, Michigan to teams like Texas, who are, and teams that, like, think that they're better than others, um, you know, and I certainly think that, like, Notre Dame is one of those teams that would be helped by, being in a conference, I think that being in a conference for Notre Dame would legitimize their, um, you know, program. But it's so it's it's so it's just so like I don't know where what to think or where to go from here. I think is my point. Like I I know that people are like high on Michigan, and I don't know if they'll beat Georgia or if they have a chance to beat Georgia. But I think that it's sort of. And, and, and Michigan was impressive this season, but I just don't know that Jim Harbaugh replicates it. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know that he does this again. And I don't know that I have, I guess I don't know that I have the confidence in him to do this again. And I don't know that, like, like if, if Jim Harbaugh goes out and wins eight games next year, would you throw him, you know, to the wolves? Like, would you say, get out of here? You know, like he won a Big Ten championship and that was impressive. But was the Big Ten not on a down year? Yeah. Right. Right. Right.
I guess at this point where Ohio State is, if you beat Ohio State, you go on. I think if, if I think if I think if he wins a national title, like I think that you put him on the you put him on the board. Like I think that that is that is just Hall of Fame worthy. Um, I mean Lee Corso won a national title. He's the last person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, well. It's a, it's tough to win a college football championship, no matter who you you know who you are. Um, I think that like, well, and I think I think that that part of that is 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 I want to I don't know like again like I want to see teams beat Ohio State in their best year, right? Um, like in Ohio State's good year, I want to see a Michigan team or a Michigan State team beat them, right? Like, I think that that is sort of my thing. Like, like that's why I never understood. Right. No. And, a, and, and this is a bad year for Ohio State, and they still only had one law or two losses. And that, right. 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 So I see I see your argument there and I think that depending on who Right. And like and so I get what you're, I get what you're saying I guess cuz like it makes it it now makes it easier I think for teams like because and and I want to throw this point in there about like beating Ohio State at your best because something that's always bugged me is that Michigan State fans and I don't even like to do this I don't even like to compare the two like I don't I don't think that Michigan needs to be good if Michigan State gets to where they want to go and I've said this before but it it bugs me when when Michigan State fans were out here like rooting for Iowa to beat Michigan right like like you know what I mean like even though that wasn't gonna happen like they're still rooting against Michigan and yeah like I don't want Michigan to win as someone who's like 
a Michigan State like fan, right? Like I don't want Michigan to win, but at the same time, I don't I don't really care. Does that you know what I mean? Like I don't like to compare Michigan State and Michigan anymore since Michigan State has won the last 10 of the last 14. It looks better. Right. Right. Right, right. A long story. So, well, you, you actually, I would say that you loved Iowa. Like, you were in, like, I mean, I know that they ended up making it to the Big Ten title game, but that's not really saying much considering that, like, they were the number three team in the country in, like, week seven or something like that, and then they just fell off a cliff. Right. Yeah, they did not lose a game until they lost to Purdue. They ended up losing to Purdue 24-7. Then the next week, they threw up another seven points against Wisconsin and just died at the hill and then got murdered in the... So I, I don't think that it was like how they lost. I mean, well, that they lost, it was how they lost. Right. Right. No, and well, their defense was so good, but they were relying on so many turnovers.
the the interesting thing the interesting thing for me like about Bama real quick is that like I don't even and and this is again I don't know if I've mentioned this to you but I've I've talked about this before specifically I think that even though going in right like Alabama needed to win to make the playoff I still think that even with a head to head victory and people will lose their mind over this but even with that head to head victory I would still put Georgia at number 1 like I, I, I know that they had to do it because Alabama beat them, but there's no chance that. And I, and again, I know, and I know we talked, and I talked about. I think the who I talked about this with was um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesus Christ, we had him on a couple of weeks ago. I'm terrible. Evan Birchmore. Um, we had him on a couple of weeks ago. I talked to him when you were off, and what what happened was like. And he brought up this point that George is not as great as they thought they were, but I still think, and I think maybe more so for matchup wise, because Georgia could beat, I don't think that Michigan has a chance against Georgia, but they do against, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Alabama, maybe they, Michigan State? Yeah. At the same time, I really did not see it coming. Like Mel Tucker being as good as he was. Well, yes. So, like, I wasn't sure because the only thing that I had to go off on really was that Michigan State beat Northwestern, and they were good last year, but they beat Northwestern last year, and they beat Michigan. And that's really all I had to go on entering the season. I didn't know who this team's running back was. First play of the season, Kenneth Walker does a 75-yard touchdown run. Dude, I had, I had no idea. That's the first time I was introduced to Kenneth Walker the third. Had no idea who he was. He showed me who he was then, and he just blew my mind out of the water. But, like, I had no, I had no idea. I, I was just spitballing ideas. I took uh, the only reason I made that Alabama-Texas A&M prediction is because I picked one random away game that Alabama could possibly lose, and that was the one I took. So, it was just one random away game. Um, real quick, Griff, before before we move on. So in our show sheet, we have a, a huge thing in the Lions, like a full, like almost a page long. I would love, so, no, no, no. I, oh, perfect, absolutely. Because I was going to say, we could either do it now or we could do it next week, whatever you want to do. 
We're making decisions on the fly. Did you want to do that now or did you want to do that this week? Because I just have, I have one major question for you. Perfect. So do you, because I was critical of Dan Campbell, all right? I was very critical of Dan Campbell being, and, and the only major reason why is because the Lions hired Brad Holmes as GM, right? And he's, I mean, he's done like draft stuff before, but that's mainly his expertise was draft things. And Dan Campbell's a rookie head coach who hasn't called plays before. He, he's a rookie head coach who hasn't called plays before, but I like the Brad Holmes selection more than I liked the Dan Campbell selection. Now, do you, do you still have... Right. Well, and he's, he's had good, he's had good draft success. Like I would compare Brad Holmes's like draft and the ability to evaluate talent to maybe Steve Iserman. I don't know if it's that elite, but if we, you know, we're transferring between hockey. Perfect. He's good. And Panay Sewell's amazing. Right. So how would you grade how would you grade your faith in Dan Campbell? Because for me it's like a one or a two from a scale of one to ten. I I would put him at a one or two, highest maybe three. God, I remember that. That was so bad.
All right. I mean, because I know for me, like, if if it, if it were up to me, 